Here's your tea, Mother. Oolong? Yes. Loose, not bagged? Yes. Steeped three minutes? Yes. Two percent milk? Yes. Warmed separately? Yes. One teaspoon sugar? Yes. Raw sugar? Yes. <laughs> it's cold. I'll start again. I have the same problem with him. My theory is that his lack of focus stems from an overdeveloped sex drive. Oh, I don't know where he would have gotten that. Aside from a pro forma consummation of our marriage, his father and I only had intercourse for the purposes of reproduction. That seems a fairly efficient arrangement. We think so. We've both done papers on it. Mine from a neuroscientific point of view and his from an anthropological. Mine, of course, was the only one worth reading. Of course. I would very much like to read about your sex life. Well, it's all online, or you can order it from the Princeton University Press. Our whole universe was in a hot, dense state that nearly 14 million years ago expansion started. Wait, the Earth began to cool, the autotrophs began to drool, Neanderthals developed tools, we built a wall. We built the pyramids, math, science, history, unraveling the mystery, it all started with a big bang. Hey everybody, welcome back to PMS, the Perpetual Motion Squad, a Big Bang Theory fan podcast. We can go all night, baby. We can. Yeah, I usually just wait for you to, to sit there and say we are your host. And then I go, we can go all night, baby. But and we can. We can go all night long. And we are your host, Married Couple Cat. And Paul. Who are Big Bang super fans. And we just and love talking about all things Big Bang Theory. So we're delighted that you are joining us today for the mater- for season two, episode 15, the maternal Capistance. Cap- that's yeah. the one. Yeah. And when we say we can go all night, baby, usually t- up to the wee small hours of like 9.15. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I fell asleep watching Black Adam last night. <laughs> yeah, if anyone actually is going to watch that movie, Black Adam, uh, it was overhyped. To don't the point pay too where, much for it. Let's yeah, don't. Way. Maybe wait for it to, to go to the bargain basement bin sort of thing. You know, don't, don't get me wrong. I adore Dwayne Johnson. He is yeah. actually one of my favorite humans, but... All they did was have him glower in this movie. He had like no range. And usually he has this really fun little playful sense of humor. And he's got some really lovely range. All they did was have him glower. And they really reined him in. Yeah, it was really disappointing, to be honest with you. Yeah. But anyway, we're here to talk about the Big Bang Theory. We are. And just in case anyone wants to know, I'm I'm wearing today my Red Rogue workout t-shirt. Okay. Now, if and if everyone anyone wants to know what I'm wearing or well, the other days, just email us perpetualmotionsquad00 at gmail.com and I will tell you. Someday I'll actually get a word in it twice. Maybe. Um, but it actually and, and if you think of well, we're not talking about superhero movies here. We're not talking about um Black Adam. Technically, it is kind of on topic because the guys are so nerdy they would have seen this movie. Oh, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, they would have talked to it at great length. And remember that... So now that it actually makes no sense for me to say that because you kept interrupting me. No, but remember, though, that um, Sheldon is a big DC fan. Yeah, he is. You know, he's he's got, um, obviously, the Green Lantern and all that sort of stuff. So he's a very big... Batman cookie jar. Yeah, well, that was given to him by Leonard. Yeah, I know, but but still. But even Leonard's a big um, DC fan. He's got the bat signal, so... 
Yeah, so I, th I think yeah, in this regard, I would hope that if they were, if they did go to see Black Adam, that they would actually sit there and have a, a sort of like a diatribe of, of the movie that was, I think, was overhyped. A lot of what you saw in the trailer was really, it wasn't what you really got in yeah. the end. I mean, no, it was, it really they, the, the director really said, okay, Dwayne Johnson, we're going to rein you, really rein you in. You know, I, I don't know. There, there was a couple of parts of that movie I was like, eh, you know, so I'm, I would hope that the boys would sit around the coffee table um, and just really talk about it. And, and maybe they might end up by thinking, yeah, it was good, wasn't great. But then again, they also happen to like um, uh, the, the Phantom Menace. Oh, <laughs> you know, I like the Phantom Menace. I didn't think it was as bad as everybody tries to make it out to be. Jar Jar Binks, I, need we say more? I don't mind Jar Jar. Oh my God! You really you like Jar Jar? Like Jar Jar. Misa, think you're weird, Okie Day. But this episode, we take place when we first open up this uh, the beginning of the episode. We are playing rock band, and Howard is the drummer. Sheldon is on lead guitar, and Raj is the singer. Which is hilarious. And it, oh my god, and he's <laughs> singing, and I don't ever want, and I don't ever want to feel like I did that day. And if anyone wants to know, that's from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Thanks for sharing my trivia point. I'm sorry, um, but unfortunately, <laughs> if cats could sing, they'd hate it too because well, Penny. Pe well, Penny opens the door, and she's like, "Guys, take it down." But and... but Raj is singing away. And he's doing the big point sort of situation until he goes to, and he sees the front door that's open and Penny still is standing there and he goes, and I, I don't ever want to have you. Yep. And he stops singing. <laughs> it's always funny when he does that. It really and, is. And, and, and Penny accuses them of sound because Howard's like, well, we're just finding our sound. She's like, you found it. It's a cat being run over by a lawnmower. <laughs> And she's not wrong. No, it's not. Either he is. Oh, my God. But, and, and as you've said so many times, can you imagine living downstairs from them? No, thank you. Or upstairs from them. You could, you'd be able to you'd hear them from, you know, yeah, no, that would be a bit hard to take. But and but as we're doing this, we're trying to work out where the hell Leonard is. And Leonard comes out and he's busy on the telephone. And I like how everyone just stops to, you know, what they're doing. They basically listen in to find out what, what um, Leonard's doing. And... Of course, Sheldon theorizes that since he's holding the phone to his left ear, Leonard is accessing the analytical parts of his brain, and he has no relationship to the caller whatsoever. And of course, then he he says that he. And of course, then you hear Leonard say, "But you know, we've already done this before. Can we maybe put it off until next, you know, maybe next spring?" And since it's clearly something Leonard's done before, and he is avoiding doing it now. Um, he's trying to figure out, okay, well then it's, it's unpleasant. He doesn't want to do it. And then of course, then you hear Leonard say, yeah, but you know, there's, there's not going to be a lot of room there. And he, as children goes, aha, uh -huh. then I think this is going to be a colonoscopy appointment. And of course, so they're all standing there looking at him and Leonard's wrapping up the com the conversation on the phone and turns off the phone and looks up to see everyone standing, looking at him. And he goes, oh, um, yeah, my mother's coming to visit. And this is when Howard goes, oh, well, Sheldon, you were right. It is a, it is a colonoscopy appointment. And we realize that Beverly Hofstetter is a very interesting woman. No, she's not. And this is the part of the podcast where I will say that I will definitely, if anyone's listening, oh, of course, people are downloading, listening to this, uh, Beverly Hofstetter is not Kat's most favorite 
person in the show. She is my least favorite person in the show. Yes. And that's I, saying something with Barry Kripke. I even think that Barry Kripke is actually hot. Well, it's he's he's higher than than Beverly, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. I I I I loathe and despise this woman. Yeah. So of well, course. It, well, what it okay? What it really falls into for me. Yeah. Is you don't diss my friends. You don't put them down. You don't insult them to their face. You don't talk to them the way that she talks to him. And even worse is she's his mother. Yeah, I know. You know, and I don't allow anyone to talk to my friends like that. And as you know, I don't get out much. So <laughs> basically, no, the, you know, and, and I remember saying this when the show was wrapping up that I felt that I was feeling like my best friend was moving away and I was never going to get to see them again. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like these the, the, these characters mean something to me and mm. you don't talk to my friends like that. Yeah. Well, well, but, you know, brief story when I was married to my ex-husband, um, his father came to say stay with us and he kept insulting my husband. And at one time we had a bunch of our friends over so that he could meet our friends and he actually insulted him in front of the, the, the group. And it was like a day or two later that I basically sat him down and told him and basically said to him, if you can't treat your son with respect in his own home, there's the door. Yeah. See, if you said that to Beverly, I think Beverly would be the kind of person that would get up, grab her bag and walk out. Say, okay. And leave. Yeah, she would. She really would. Um, so, of course, the next scene we see is Penny's heading up from the laundry where she spots a woman waiting at a broken elevator. This and, is hilarious. And I love this because Penny goes, um... Yeah, this one's out of order, and and she goes, well, yes, I, I cl can clearly see there's a lot of dust on the sign and on the warning tape that there is an, an incredible amount of um, passiveness among the 24 to 36 residents based on 12 mailboxes and the average population of an urban centre or some sort of shared delusion of functionality. And um, she goes, oh, you must be Le Leonard's mother. And, of and she course, says, well, I don't know about must be, but yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, so she introduces herself, uh, you know, to uh, as Beverly Hofstetter, and of course, Penny, you know, pulled, you know, was had her hand shake. Oh, you're a, you're hand a handshaker. Shaker. How interesting. <laughs> so, of course, um, Dr. Hofstetter says, So, would you like to exchange pleasantries? No, Penny up? says, Come on, I'll walk you up to the apartment. That's right. So, Beverly says, Would you like to exchange pleasantries on the way up? And she's like, Yeah, okay, I guess. And he goes, Okay, when will you start? And then Penny says, "Well, <laughs> what was Leonard? What was Leonard like when he was little? Well, you, I think you mean when he Be, was young, because he's always been little." Yeah. So, what do you mean when he's young? We have to be more specific. And Beverly goes, "We have to be more specific." And he goes, "She goes, well, like five or six. And then, of course, Beverly and she stops just gives and us stares, the look. and she goes, "Oh, um, five. And she goes, "And I love what Beverly comes back with. Beverly comes back with." Well, at that age, Leonard was in what Freud would call the phallic stage of psychosexual development, an outmost theory, of course. But the boy yeah. did spend a lot of a lot of waking hours with a firm grasp on his penis. <laughs> I mean, Beverly doesn't have a filter. That's the whole thing. The way that Beverly I, I talks, think she like Sheldon is undiagnosed autistic. Yeah, they don't have a filter. They don't seem to understand where there is certain things you don't talk about and certain things you do. And I think from Beverly's point of view, because she is that kind of person, she's just she'll just say whatever she wants because she figures that that's the correct thing to say anyway, which mm. is it's it's very, very, I, I don't know. It really is a really interesting 
uh, dynamics that both her and Sheldon have, where they can just have no filter on their on their words or on their whatever they they're doing, and everyone just no, oh, that's just Doctor Hofstad, or yeah, oh, that's just Sheldon. You know, it's like wow. I mean, some of the stuff that both Sheldon and Doctor Hofstad comes out with, it almost makes you want to just dig a hole in the ground and just go and bury yourself in it because it's it's so embarrassing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So of course, um. As they're walking upstairs, um, <laughs> Dr. Hoff said, uh, she, you know, Penny says, oh, I hear you're a psychiatrist. And Penny says, well, you know, I'm a, I'm an actress. And of course, Dr. Hoff said, it goes, uh, well, why? And she goes, well, why do you mean? And she goes, well, there are many studies that suggest that people who go into the performing arts suffer from an external locus of identity. Transitioning, they seek approval from others about themselves, typically due to an admit childhood um, and emotional needs. So it really shows you that poor old Penny is now going to be at the forefront of being scrutinized by Dr. Hofstetter as yep. far as what's, I mean, she's going to be analyzed. Now, remember, as I, mean, I find it interesting when you were saying that from Penny meeting Dr. Hofstetter on the ground floor to the third floor, and obviously they live on the fourth floor. On the third floor, she asks why it is that she is an actress and tell me about it, you know, why you're an actress. By the time she gets to the fourth floor in front of Leonard and Sheldon's apartment. No, she's at Penny, the landing below, right, that you can see Penny from is apartment. in absolute tears. Yeah. So this woman can literally decimate you within one floor of an apartment building. Less than. Less than one floor. Yeah, two-thirds of, two -thirds of the, the flight of stairs. Yeah. She, she by the time she's on the fourth floor, Penny's crying, <laughs> and of course it says, and she basically says that on on the plus side, we know that her dad's pet name for her was Slugger, although that's not a plus for her. And of course it it's, you know, because Penny's as she was saying, as Penny was saying to Doctor Hofstetter, Penny was trying to explain that you know there was a certain time in Penny's life where you know her father would play catch with her, called her Slugger, but then of course she developed into obviously, you know, an adolescent and her father decided to stop playing, you know, baseball with her, stop calling her slugger playing and that sort catch of thing. With her. playing catch with her. And so that really upset said it yeah, you know, really upset Penny. So by the time Penny knocks on the door, yes. No, no, keep finishing no, her. By the time Lenny uh, Penny knocks on the door, she's in absolute tears and says, you know, of course Leonard opens the door and she's like, you know, Leonard, your mother's here. <laughs> and then she walks out. And of course, this is when Dr. Hofstetter looks at Leonard and goes, if you wish to have sexual intercourse with that with that young woman, just find out what cologne her father was wearing. And it's like, okay. Because as she figures that she needs validation from her father, so everything she's trying to do in her life, including being an actress, is trying to get her father's unmet validation. Okay. Now, if I can jump in here for just a moment. Yes. Uh, Penny mentioned that her father stopped calling her slugger when she got her first training bra, after which point she wasn't slugger anymore. However, in season nine, while on the phone with him, she, he calls her slugger repeatedly. So apparently he reversed that. Uh -huh. Yes, I was going to say, I did remember him calling her slugger. Yeah. So that's very interesting. Um, so, of course, Leonard decides, uh, brings, obviously, brings, um, you know, his mother in and... He's nice going to give see you mom. Yeah, nice to see you, mother. And of course, he he uh, is going to get her some tea. And the tea is very interesting. It's oolong tea, separate not separate, not bagged, steeped three minutes, two percent milk, one teaspoon of raw sugar. And of course, as we go through the whole thing, she she takes a sip and she goes, 
Yep, it's cold. cold. And she and he goes, okay, I'll start again. And this is when and Sheldon, Sheldon's like, I have the same problem. same problem with him. <laughs> you know, but it's like if they wouldn't go through all of that rigmarole, it would be fine. I know. Although and I she- love how later Sheldon offers to make her a cup of tea, and she's like, I doubt it, but if anyone stands a chance, it's you. I know. It's like okay. Of course, Sheldon theorizes the issue with Leonard is an overdeveloped sex drive. And of course, Dr. Hofstetter isn't sure where that came from, as she and her husband only had sex for reproduction and pro forma consummation of the marriage. Marriage, yeah. And of course, they both wrote papers on it. And Sheldon wants to hear but more of course, about mine this. mine is the only one worth reading. Uh, well, exactly. Because uh, Beverly's that that sort of person. Regardless of whatever achievement you might have, she, hers is just so much better than yours. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Um, and of course, Sheldon you know, would really love to, you know, hear more about her sex life. And of course, as as she says, well, you know, it's it's all online, or you can download it from the Princeton University Press. And of course, this is when uh, Leonard comes and goes, oh, you know, if you if, if you're, you're lucky, lucky, she'll show you the PowerPoint, PowerPoint. presentation. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, it's on my other laptop. And Sheldon's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> so, and I love how um, Beverly gets up and goes, I have to urinate, and walks out, and is like, oh my god. And of course, you know, Sheldon does say um, that, you know, he, he he's just so in awe of Leonard's mother and he must have just been so happy to have her as a mother as he was growing up. And, and Leonard's like, are you kidding? Your, your mother was warm and loving and supportive and there. Yeah, exactly. And she really was. Sheldon's mother was all that in a bag of chips. But apparently she smacked him with a Bible when he wouldn't eat his Brussels sprouts. <laughs> and of course, as he says, but you know, at least your mother, and he says this to Sheldon, he says, well, at least your mother didn't attach, attach le- electrodes to your head while you were being potty trained. And Sheldon's like, oh, you're so lucky. If I wanted an EEG, I had to attach my own electrodes. I know. Now, we then transition to a very, very nasty scene. And I have said oh, this. Oh, this is just so mean. And I'm very happy for you to take the lead on this one. Well, okay. So they're at the, they're, ha- they're all having lunch at Caltech, the boys with um, Leonard's mother. And Howard starts asking her about her other two children and how she must be so proud of their accomplishments. Yeah. And she's like, oh, well... Um, I'm not proud of any of them. She only feels pride about her own accomplishments, you know, and, and that's a, actually the one of the few points that I will give Beverly is that she's like, well, I've accomplished things. So I'm proud of what I have accomplished. My children accomplished their things. So they should be proud of their accomplishments, but she doesn't under, but again, because of her lack of maternal instinct, she doesn't feel pride in her children's accomplishments. No, she um, doesn't. And what it does is it emphasizes why Leonard feels that his mother does not approve of him because she never gives him any validation or feedback yeah. of, of, of a positive nature. Exactly. Um, and so, and, and so the, and the boys keep going on and they're like, you know, well, and she's, and she gets up and has to go urinate. And he, and the boys are like, oh, wow, you're like the Jar Jar Binks of the Hofstetter clan. Because it, it does come to the fact that her, that one of the okay, so um sheldon's brother argued in front of the supreme court and leonard's sister was growing a pancreas on a on a gibbon on a teenage gibbon yeah and it's and and how it goes well she's that means she's getting close to curing diabetes well of course why else would you grow a pancreas in an adolescent gibbon yeah but it really comes down to the fact that both Howard and Raj are not supportive of what's going on with with leonard because leonard doesn't need to go through this 
you know, Leonard's been dealing with this woman and, and this attitude his entire life. And then to have his friends turn on him and encourage her to give him shit. Of him. Yeah. And basically says, oh, well, you know, I hear that you because it because as, as it does, as it starts out, Howard does say, well, I hear that, you know, both his brother and his sister are far more. Um, that they're at that. Unlike more Leonard, they're at the top of their field. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and, and he does say, please, Howard, don't do this. Yeah. And then he keeps going and he's like, yeah, you, wow, you really suck. Yeah. And, and, it really and so does. she gets up to, to go to the bathroom and he says, you know, it, it doesn't occur to you guys that I really need your support. And they're like, yeah, but it's more fun to mock you. Yeah. And remember that you, you know, if you bring your mother to work, you've got to basically suffer through this. Yeah, it was like, well, you know, and that's you, really know nasty. you brought your mother to work. You know the rules. Yeah. And it's really nasty. And, and this is the only well, time that, that I. We know that Howard isn't ass but i've never seen him be intentionally mean like this before yeah this is the this is the one and only time i think that i can honestly say that i really didn't like howard and yeah. raj i mean raj was piling on because whatever howard does raj, will raj follow. does too raj is is the is the sheep now know? now then leonard gets his revenge which he is thoroughly justified in doing plus i think beverly is absolutely right yeah. So she, so she comes back and Leonard's like, okay, Howard is a grown man and lives with his mother and Raj can't talk to women unless he's drunk. Discuss. Go. Yeah. And, he, and, and and she does say, well, that's fascinating. Selective and, and, mutism. And she, no, she's like selective mutism. That's fascinating. Now an adult male, adult Jewish, Jewish mother. male living with his mother borders on. Um, Sociological cliche. Cliche. Yeah. But the social mutism is very interesting. But of course it would explain why you're both in an ersatz homosexual marriage. Yeah. And, it, and that's the, to satisfy your need for intimacy. Yeah. And of course, this is when, you know, how it and, goes. And Leonard's wow. got this self-satisfied look oh on my his face. God. Yeah. And he's like, you know, and of course he does say, you know, remember if you bring your husband to work, you know, that's... Yeah, well, you brought your husband to work, you know the yeah. rules. Yeah, you got to suffer. And it, it really is very interesting just how the dynamic switches on that conversation and it's now Raj and Howard are now in the firing line and they don't want to talk Misa about Sinka, it. you look a sad. Betcha, betcha. betcha. <laughs> and it really is. And, and and as I said, this is the, one of the only times that I would say that Howard and Raj, I mean, not, not so much Raj, because as I said, he's the sheep. Yeah. You know, um, Howard's the shepherd. The fact is that, you know, the fact that, you know, Howard was piling on to make him make Leonard as, as uncomfortable as possible with his mother, yeah. knowing the kind of woman that she is. Yeah. Because he's heard stories heard about her. stories for years. So he's decided to pile on this. Raj just follows, follows suit. And it really is quite, quite nasty, you know? Um, and of course, so then um, Beverly does say, well, you know, you were going to show your, it's one o'clock. You were going to show me your, um, your lab at your one o'clock. And of course, Leonard's like, it's, it's okay. We've got time. Let's not, hear no, more right. about their homosexual marriage. And she goes, well, no, 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 no. It, it is one o'clock. And of course, and Sheldon's like, you know, her, her, her logic her, is unassailable. It, yeah, is, it is one, one o'clock. And she goes, uh, he goes, okay, let's go. And he does say that he, um, well, I think replicate. you're going to find my room, my work really interesting. I'm trying to replicate this dark matter thing that the Italians did. And she's like, so not. No um, original work? No original work. He's like, well, no. And she's like, oh, well, then why couldn't I just read the paper the Italians wrote? I know. It's like, I mean, come on, Beverly. Just I despise this woman. Give him something, you know. So, and of I'm course. I'm sorry, at the end of the series, it's just too little too late. 
<laughs> of course. Leonard goes over to Penny's uh, apartment, knocks on the door, and he oh, goes. I love this. Yeah. Do you, you still you have alcohol? Is your mother still here? Yeah. Yep. She holds up the bottle. She's like, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> and it says, well, it's, it's, and she's like, you know, we won't, we're not going to be interrupted. Are you? She's, Dr. Hofstad is not going to come and try and find you. And he goes, no, 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 it's okay. She took children to the hospital to get a brain scan. And she's like, oh, my God, what happened? And he goes, and he's oh, like, oh, nothing. well, she need, she likes to look at scans and Sheldon likes to be scanned. Yeah. So, well, you know, yeah. and but so, I but I, I love Penny's line. I spent five minutes with your mother two days ago and I've been half bombed ever since. <laughs> that is really that is true. Because that this pretty woman, much sums up Beverly. Hopps. Oh, my God. This woman would be would do it to you for sure. One hundred percent. Um, and of course, this sort of like, com- this whole thing doesn't really go all that well because they start talking about, you know, because Penny did go to do an audition with uh, 50 other blondes and it found out that she was rejected because she was too perky. Well, it was for an antidepressant. Antidepressant and she was too perky for it. So, you know, if that's not irony 101, I don't know what the yeah. hell is. Um, and of course, it's hard to believe Leonard can top that. Because oh, he, he does say he was desperate for human contact. And Penny goes, yes, I know you were so desperate. You keep grabbing onto your penis. Um, but but no, you, you keep talking about what's going on. And he goes, well, when I was 10 years old, I made myself a hugging okay. machine. So Leonard reveals that as a 10-year-old, he had not experienced parental affection. He built his own machine that could both hug him and pat him on the back. It was yeah. a dressmaker's mannequin filled with an electric blanket so it would be warm with electronic arms that could hug him. He even... And um, so it's, it explains why adult Leonard is still craving human affection. And, and she's like, oh, that's so sad. And he says, no, you want to know what the saddest part of that was? And she's like, what? She said, and he says, my dad used to borrow it. Yeah. So you can you can you can see the intimacy between um, Leonard's father and mother is non-existent. Well, in the I... later seasons, when um, Penny and Leonard get married, sorry, spoilers. Um we meet his dad played by Judd Hirsch and you can really see that relationship. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love of course. Hirsch. Yeah. He is awesome. Well, and Def- this, this, the sad part of this to me is his mother, Beverly Hofstetter is played by Christine Baranski. Who's wonderful. I love Christine Baranski in everything else that she has done, but I honestly want to bitch slap this woman. Okay, so let's digress just for a quick moment. We both, both Kat and I sat and we watched the new Elvis movie that's yes. just been released. Yeah. Absolutely loved it, thought it was fantastic. But it will make you want to get up from your seat, go to the go to the TV, crawl into the TV, and bitch slap the crap out of Tom Hanks. Yeah. Because he, he, because he played an good. absolute shit of a person. Uh, he was playing. He was portrayed. He was portraying Tom Parker, Colonel yeah. Tom Parker, and he made you want to just bitch slap the hell out of him. So it really shows you that a very, very good actor, a very good actor, top of his game, yeah. can can play a wonderful character that you want to go and hug, or another character that you want to go and bitch slap. And actually, it's the actually, actually, actually um, oh shoot, I get her name just went right out of my head but the actress who played the evil queen in once upon a time yeah yes i know which one you mean yeah i'm sure our our listeners lana perilla lana perilla she is i i keep going back and forth as to okay here's your question of the week hun okay should i send lana perilla a fan letter okay so this is just going to be for you 
Yeah. And we need we we definitely need an answer because I put up on yes last week's would you want a, an icy machine that puts out margaritas? margaritas? Nobody responded yet. So, so, so your... we want to know if you want a, a margarita icy machine. Yeah, and, but what's this, your question is? And this week is should should Cat send Lana Perilla a fan letter? Should Cat send Lana Perilla? Yep, a fan letter. So a the reason I letter. say that is in the first like three. Okay, so Once Upon a Time ran for seven seasons, and. If you haven't watched it, it's brilliant. It's it's a it's a reimagining of fairy tales that we think we know so well. And Lana Perilla played the evil queen from Snow White. And you hate this woman. I mean, hate this woman. She is the personification of evil. Yeah. By about season five, um, well, actually, by about season three, she's starting to shift. By yeah. season five, she's actually one of the good guys. But you can see that the way that she makes you feel in season one to season five. and Yeah, you see this arc of character Yeah, from season one to season five. And at one point, um, she's dating this one character and you're actually rooting for her to have it work out and be happy. Yeah. And I remember sitting there watching this going... I can't believe I'm actually rooting for the evil queen to be happy. Yeah. So when we see Beverly, how nasty that she is, yeah. that's just her character. The actress who is yeah. absolutely brilliant can play a range of, yeah. of emotions to make you want to sit there and go, I hate this woman, but it's the character you're hating. Yeah. It's not the person. And I think that that really shows you the way a person. And as I said, as we just go back to, to Elvis with Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, beloved by everyone and absolutely wonderful, yeah. an amazing A-list actor. Yeah. But it's at that moment watching him as, as Tom Parker you want to smack the crap out of him. Oh, yeah. Because he's a shit. Now, now, before we leave the Elvis movie, I just want to say, um, if you haven't seen it yet, definitely see it. It is well worth the watch. It is an excellent film. Absolutely amazing. But understand that it's actually not about Elvis. It's, it's the Colonel Tom Parker story. Yeah. I, I was disappointed, was disappointed on that. that one. It was more about Tom Parker than what it was about Elvis. Yeah. You know? Now, I would have been fascinated to see Tom Parker's role in all of this, but I really wanted it to be the Elvis story, and it wasn't. Yeah. But that being said, the kid who played Elvis was absolutely frigging brilliant. Yeah. Um, I first discovered him in the Carrie Diaries as Sebastian, who was Carrie Bradshaw's first boyfriend in high school. Yeah. And he was brilliant in that, and he was and and he was I did did he win the Golden Globe for yes he did yeah for Elvis yeah um and he was absolutely out I mean I think this will do for him what Bohemian Rhapsody did for Rami Malek definitely yeah and one more thing before we go back to um our podcast because we have to go back to our podcast yes but um we have to pay tribute to Lisa Marie Presley who passed yes. away yes uh, on Lisa Friday Marie. so rest in peace Lisa. Thank, thankfully, you and she's now reunited not only with her son that took his own life in 2020, but with her with her father. Yeah. So she's now up up with her father and with her son. So I think that would that that was an absolutely an incredible shock that that Lisa yeah, um, passed if you away. Don't, if you don't know the details, she died of a heart attack. Um. Yeah. I mean, they are assuming it was a heart attack, but she had she was in cardiac arrest. They put her into an induced coma. They put a, a temporary pacemaker in to try and restart her heart. 
but obviously the damage was too severe and she passed away shortly after she got to, to hospital. It was about like two hours after she got to hospital that she passed away. Yeah. So this, so this uh, episode is airing on the 16th of January, 2023. Yeah. So it was this past week that Lisa Marie passed away. So on we, Friday. we do honor and veil Lisa Marie Presley. Absolutely. I, I, I'm, I really hope she rests in peace. She yeah. was beloved by a lot of people. I hope she so. finds peace. I certainly do too. So, yeah, so it really turns out that um, Sheldon and uh, and Beverly have a lot very much in common and they're very comfortable around mm -hmm. each other. And Dr. Hofstetter is like, you know, I'm, I'm very comfortable around around you, too. And uh, the, the the flattery between the two, it's almost like, uh, OK, there's something really weird going on here because, you know, they, they're like, you know, Sheldon's like, I feel very comfortable around you because I, I do, too. And then he's and, like, well, and that doesn't usually happen around, well anybody anybody and she's like me too and she and he goes uh she goes well that's a very interesting you know uh, i did would you like to discuss it further with the, or would you like to do the math and sheldon goes oh that's not. right he's like well what are the chances or what yeah. are the odds of that two, two people, people as unique as ourselves would find each other and be this comfortable but the, but with a common uh, common in in person oh, well, yeah. between with, with 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 the common link of someone as 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 workaday as your son yeah and she goes well that's very interesting would would you like to discuss this further or would you like to do the math and he goes I think I'd like to do the math and she's and she like goes, I think I'd like yeah, that too I'd like to do that too. <laughs> oh I, I I expected the next scene to be of them surrounded by whiteboards I was hoping that too yeah but they didn't happen unfortunately. So it really, yeah. So now we're back to Penny's apartment, and Penny and and Leonard are doing shots of tequila, and of course, as we're going through, Penny goes, "Okay." So and of course, you see them take a shot, and she goes, and "Okay." They're drunk so, off their oh, they are, by this point. they're drunk off their asses. So this is when Penny goes, "Okay." So the next one, she said, "You need to lick the salt off my neck, do the shot, and bite the lime." And then of course, she goes. And then Leonard's she's looking like, at Leonard. I didn't hear anything after after what? lick. <laughs> and so she goes, lick, shot, shot lime. lime. And he goes, okay. So he starts to lick the salt off his off Penny's neck, but really takes a long time and she's like, doing. Okay, shot, shot. And oh, the, right, yeah. <laughs> so he does the shot, and she and he goes, okay. So where's the lime? And then of course Penny has put it in her mouth, and she, he goes, and oh, now, cool. Did you we're notice that we never actually saw her move. We didn't. Put it in her mouth? No, we didn't see her put it in the mouth. So of course, Magic and trick. then then they start making out very passionately, and you see you see uh, Leonard Leonard turn, Leonard turn and turn spit the lime across the room, <laughs> and keeps making out. So we see that uh, we're back to Leonard and uh, Sheldon's apartment, and, and Sheldon and Doctor Hofstra is contemplating Sheldon's suggestion, and it's like you know I can see what you're both doing, you know what you're doing, you know you're trying to flatter me but i don't think it's appropriate with my my son's roommate and he goes but we we agree we're both very good together and he says listen i assure you the first time that he tried it he experienced an an, an unexpected but welcome release of endorphins and of course <laughs> we don't really know what they're going to be it's, doing I mean, it's but we're starting it's to think like the 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 thing the writers are going for is to is to make us think that he's trying to get her into bed. That because that when you first see it, when I first saw this episode, when the very very first time I ever saw it, I was like, oh my god, they're not going to sleep together, are they? 
no, we find out something completely different in this well, one. No spoilers. We're not going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but, but just the, the conversation, the way he's putting it, it honestly sounds like he's trying to it, get her into bed. Absolutely. Yeah. So, of course, speaking of an endorphins, Penny and Leonard are about so to do it. But speaking of going, of sleeping with each other, we cut back to Leonard and Penny and, and they, they are, are in... passionately in bed. Oh, yeah. And, um, and of course, the, the, you know, Leonard is so happy to talk about what's about to and happen. And he's like, I can't believe this is finally going to happen. And she's and, like, shut up. Don't talk about it. And he's like, but I'm happy. I want to talk about it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. and of course we're sitting there screaming at the television. Shut, Shut up, up because he does say, and I quote, and I'm going to read this. Mm-hmm. You know what my mother would say about this? She'd say, because since you were not loved by your father and I was not loved by my mother, that having sex is our way of making up for the intimacy. We didn't get as children. She's and she's like, why would you say that right now? Oh my God. And she, and of course, Penny comes back with, so you're saying you're not having sex with me. You're having sex with your mother. And he goes, well, I'm going to go, go with, with no. no. And she goes, that is the sickest thing I've ever heard. And, and, and I it, love it. She's and, like, why would you say that right now? And he's like, um, foreplay. Yeah. And then he just and he, decides. And he's like, to... well, you're having sex with your father and I'm okay with that. Now, if, if, okay, men can all I can say is that it's, it's at this moment, Leonard got out of bed, put his penis on the ground and stepped on it. Only way I can figure this out because he has shot any chance at all in hell with sleeping with Penny because it's the, this stage that Penny throws him out of her apartment. And I just love how, how Leonard goes, she told me to shush and I didn't shush. And you I should have shushed. I should have shut up, but he and and that's what we were both think. Both you and I sitting there going, "Shut up, Leonard." I mean, even though we've seen this episode now for the ninth we time, we always think that we can change the outcome. <laughs> we can't change the outcome, but it's like, Leonard, shut up! You are so close to because you can see it coming like a train wreck. He is so close to the promised land, and as yeah. he gets right up to the to the gates of the promised land, the person says, "Here's the key. Open it." He puts the key into the lock, and then he says something stupid, and the guard says. Give me the key. Slams the door in his face. Yep. Give me the key. You're not coming in. And he's like, yep. God damn it. And he has to go all the way back and start again to try to get to the promised land. So, of course, we, we see that Leonard enters the apartment and on the microphone is both uh, Dr. Hofstetter. Any and, way you want uh, it. That's, that's the, way the way you need it. it. Any way you want it. And, of course, they both uh, Sheldon and Dr. Hofstetter are having a raucous rendition of anywhere you want it. So I was like, okay. And, and absolutely oblivious to Leonard walking through the room. Exactly. So of course, well, then we transition to the next morning and Beverly is le- is leaving. And of course, Penny comes over and goes, oh, uh, hi, I was going to come over and talk to you. And she goes, no, he goes, no, 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 you don't you need don't to talk to, to me ever. ever. And she's like, <laughs> got it. Got it. And of course, this is when, Penny is going to walk it because she's going to go to um go to work. Yeah, and this is yep. Okay, go. so in that final scene, Beverly and Penny are walking downstairs as Penny's leaving for work. Yep, and Beverly is going to the airport to go home, and she says, "Shall we resume our conversation, Slugger? Should we pick yes. up where we left off?" And as they approach the first floor landing area, Penny says to Beverly, and she's crying again and giving Beverly more information about her childhood. My mom could have just said, "Bob, get over it. She's a girl. Move on." This actually reveals that Bob is her dad, but in um, the Boyfriend Complexity episode, her father's named Wyatt. So without contradictory information, Bob may be presumed to be his middle name or a family nickname. Right. Yeah, because he does, because he does, his name is Wyatt for the rest of the episode. Yeah, and the rest of the series. Yeah. 
Um, so, of course, as we just get down, and she's leaving the apartment, Dr. Hofstetter says to Penny, are you willing to go to New, fly to New Jersey and to go through a brain scan while talking to me about your parent, your childhood? Yeah. And, of course, then the episode goes black. No, and... no, and Penny's like, well, would it help? And, she, and, and Dr. Hofstetter's like, well, it would help me. Exactly. The screen goes nobody black. Nobody else matters. And that is the end of the episode. Yeah. What did you think of this episode? I find it extremely uncomfortable, and it's one of my least favorite episodes. Yeah. Um, it was a good episode, not great. I uh, mean, it the, gave us a lot of information. Yeah. The reason that I don't say it was great, it's because that Leonard's friends turned on him. Yeah. In the way and that they should And we're just so ridiculously have. unsupportive. Um, and we, this is our very first uh, this is the very first introduction. It's the first time we've seen uh, Leonard's mother, and we can yeah. really see why it is that he stays well and truly away from her. And I, well, I also thought it was interesting that he didn't pick her up at the airport, and he basically let her didn't even walk her down to the front door. He just, yeah, and and he does say to 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 um, Beverly, you know, have a good flight, mother, and she, and she says, well, that's she not really that's up not to really me, is it? My control, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, but I mean, you can see, and and I guess when you look at it from the very first um, episode of, of this first scene of this episode, when he is trying to get out of her coming, he doesn't want her anywhere near and he's yeah. trying to push it back and push it back. And he wants maybe next spring you can come, whatever. Yeah. You can see that there is no real affection between well, both of them. I also find it interesting that she's in going to be staying with them when she comes to visit in a later episode, she stays at hotels. Yeah. And which is which is very interesting because where would she have slept? He would have given up his bed, and he would have and slept, would have on, slept the on the couch. Yeah, yeah, he would have slept on the sofa. Yeah. But yeah, this is a good episode, not a great one. As I said, it it yeah, you know, it gives you a little bit more backstory of just how um yeah, it gives you a lot of insight into of how Beverly is, how Beverly is, and you can almost yeah. see that this is one of the reasons why Leonard doesn't really want to go anywhere near her and tries to stay as yeah. <laughs> as far away from her as possible. Now, which... going back to Christine Baranski as yeah. an actor, did you know that she received an Emmy nomination for her performance as uh, Beverly Hofstetter? No, I didn't. Wow, wow, it was being that cold. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um. Do you have any fun facts or crazy that credits? Was, that was the last fun fact. Okay. Um, the only food we had was one lunch at Caltech. Yes, we did. Yeah, we uh, yeah we that only had it. that. There was yep. nothing at the at the apartment because we're not counting alcohol because we saw a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Penny's Penny's place is very much inundated with the alcohol, but yeah. Um. But we do have a crazy credit. Yeah. Cool. Chuck Lorre Productions number two hundred and forty. A wise man once told me that we are all God in drag. I like that. Sometimes when I'm in a public place or sitting at a stoplight, I'll watch people walking by and I'll silently say to myself, he's God, she's God, he's God, she's God. Before long, I always find myself feeling a warm sense of affinity for these strangers. I really like this. This is nice. Okay. The experience is even more powerful when I do this while observing a person who is clearly suffering. On occasion, I'll test my little spiritual practice by turning on Fox News. Within minutes, I become an atheist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you were going to watch Fox News, you probably would become an atheist. But that, but but the rest of it is like you know what? That's actually a really beautiful thought. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I like that. Now remember, we have got 
Well, last week's question, which was, who would want an icy machine that puts out margaritas? You can still answer that question at, at um, squad 0 at gmail.com. Or if you're listening to us through Spotify, it's up there. You can answer us through Spotify. But this week's question is, should Kat send Lana Perella a fan letter? Yes, so you can answer answer us at um, Perpetual Motion Squad 00, that is the number 00, at gmail.com. And once again, it'll be up on Spotify, so you can also answer us there. Now, also remember, you can send us any, um, you know, fan stuff if you want to say how awesome we are because we you know we would love to hear just from how much fans. you like talking about big bang theory yeah how much you love big bang theory um if there's anything you want to talk about the big bang if there is stuff that we wouldn't think about with big bang there might be some hidden trivia about something you didn't know or that we didn't know we'd actually like to reach out and, and hear from you yeah like, or... like like tim picked up the thing about sheldon's ears in a previous episode exactly um or if you've got maybe a, a bit of memorabilia from the big bang theory you can always send us a picture at perpetual motion squad zero zero at gmail.com. We can talk about it here on the podcast. Oh, and I didn't tell you guys, I gotta tell you guys. This. You got it, you got it. She's got to tell you something for Christmas this year. Yes. Okay. So for Christmas last year, <laughs> last year, because we're in 2023, it, it started last year. Um, and I didn't even know these things existed. Paul found for me, um, the it, it's about the size of a credit card. And it's a little card with a picture of the character on it. And then it has the tiniest little piece of one of their costume pieces. Mm -hmm. And last year you gave me May and Bialik. Um, no, that was the year before. Was it the year? No. Yeah. So it started off with me and Bialik. No, because I got. That was two years ago. Oh, okay. Well, anyway. Um, so this year he gave me Sheldon and was it Howard? Howard's Howard's and I actually okay so you know that blue bathrobe that Sheldon wears I have a tiny little piece of that blue bathrobe and it okay. is authentic it's not one of those oh this is just something that looks like it these things are authentic to yeah, the it's characters authenticated. and they they're yeah they're authenticated and they are actually wore were worn on the episode. And, and so and much. It has a picture of the character wearing the piece of clothing. And what was Howard's? Because I gave you Howard's as well. Oh, it was the, the yellow shirt that he wore in Texas. Yes. Yeah. That they were saying that he looks like Woody from the yeah. from Toy Story. <laughs> he did. <laughs> when he walks in to um, show. He's wearing the, the yellow shirt with the red dicky and the cowboy and, hat. And the cowboy hat. It's the and only it... one they had in my song. Yeah. But yeah, these things are authentic. So the only the only one that I've got to come up with now is Raj. And that means that she will have the entire collection because she's got everybody's um wardrobe. Yeah. Everybody's. And and as, well, as no, I said, I'm missing Raj. Yeah, that's all. That's all. Yeah, 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 that's all I gotta get you is Raj. Yep. But the fact is that all these are authentic. They're not they're not reproductions. Yeah. They're not, oh yeah, this is this looks like this. We'll just you know, sell them to it. No, these it's, are authentic. It's, it's really stage worn. So when you see an episode, uh, okay, so when you see the episode, everyone, where they go to um, Texas and Howard to, is wearing- To fetch Sheldon back. Sheldon, and, and you see that Howard is wearing a yellow shirt with a cowboy hat. Cat has- dicky. Yep. Cat has an original- it, it, I have it, a tiny little piece cut out of that shirt. Yes. That, that she's wearing. And when you see, when Sheldon wears the bathrobe around the apartment- Yep. Cat has a, actually a little piece of material that um, Jim it's Parsons is wearing. Out of that bathroom. 
Yes. So she's got those. Yep. But yes, so next week we are going to be doing season two, episode number 16. I don't know which one that is. It is the um, cushion saturation. Okay. Can't remember that one. one Yes, you do. No, but it's the paintball episode. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Paintball episode. Yep. Yep. This this is a fun episode. This is good. But yeah, we didn't. And of course, we didn't get to see really anything else other than the apartments this week. We didn't get to see the comic book. Yeah, we didn't get to see the comic book store. We haven't gone there yet. Actually, that was um, something that we we passed over when we were talking about the scene in the lunchroom after Leonard and his mother leave. Then um, Howard and Raj start sounding like an old married couple. It's like, oh, well, we'll talk about this later. Oh, you always say that, but then we never do. And Sheldon's just sitting there watching the two of them. And then he's like, "Um, you went to the comic book store without me? Yeah, like out it, of all of this, that's what he picked. Yeah, because they were talking about the fact that, that you know we they, that's right. There was Howard was saying this. This was the same thing that happened when we were at the comic book store last week. We had this argument, and, you, and we never just we just didn't just we don't, just didn't yeah, want to discuss it. Rod, and, and yeah, and this is when yeah, Sheldon out of everything takes out the fact that oh wow, you went to the comic book store. So we haven't seen the comic book store yet. We haven't been introduced to the comic book store at this at the moment. I don't think so. No, no. So we're getting close to the comic book store, but yeah. not yet. But yeah, so we're looking forward to that episode. But as I said, remember, you can send us any messages you want, perpetualmotionsquad00 at gmail.com. We can go on our baby. Okay, so thanks for joining us today, everybody. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, catch you at the Cheesecake Factory. Bye, everyone. Music and mythology, Einstein and astrology, it all started with the Big Bang. It all started with the Big Bang.